48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Bail is denied to a protester charged with attacking a mainland reporter. A constitutional affairs expert calls on Carrie Lamb to heed the advice of her legislature. And a mainland rap group releases a song condemning the recent demonstrations. The Eastern Court has denied bail to a 19-year-old man charged with attacking a mainland reporter from a state-run newspaper at the airport. Lai, Lung, Lai Yunlong, a part-time hotel waiter, is charged with unlawful assembly, wounding and assault, occasional actually bodily harm. The prosecutor objected to bail and requested the case be adjourned for further police investigation to see if more people were implicated. Mr Lai will appear in court for mention October the 28th. Thousands of anti-extradition protesters occupied the airport on Thursday in an attempt to paralyse operations. An academic says yesterday's rare peaceful protest provides a chance to calm the situation and attempt dialogue. The Civil Human Rights Front said 1.7 million people joined its anti-extradition rally in Victoria Park, although the police put the figure at 128,000. Simon Young, a constitutional law expert from the University of Hong Kong, says political conflicts should be resolved in the legislature and not on the streets. Ultimately, I think the solution lies in the legislature. If we're going to make any further progress, we have to recognize the purpose and the role of the legislature. Because after all, the legislature is, is the representative is supposed to represent the people. And so uh, I would think that Kerry Lamb and the administration should try to empower the legislature for a longer term solution and seek its advice from the legislators. So, for example, on questions like whether the bill should be withdrawn, perhaps Kerry Lamb should say, well, if legislators vote in favor of withdrawing it, then, then they will withdraw it. And similarly with an independent inquiry. A man who campaigns against people buying goods in Hong Kong to sell across the border says he was attacked in Sha Tin. Ronald Leung, the convener of the North District Parallel Imports Concern Group, is now in hospital. A Yuen Long anti-violence protester, Max Jung, said Mr Leung was beaten by several men last night outside a restaurant who told him it was a warning and not to cause trouble. Yuen Long was the scene of armed men attacking extradition protesters and bystanders last month. Volunteers have been cleaning Sham Shui Po MTR station after police fired riot, sorry, after riot police fired tear gas into the district last Thursday. It followed a similar effort on Friday when volunteers cleaned Kwai Fong station where police had fired tear gas there. The group said it hoped the MTR corporation could use better methods to disinfect stations such as industrial cleaning equipment and using a third party test. A mainland rap group has released a new music video attacking Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement as violent and spurred on by overseas governments. Samantha Butler has the story. The song by patriotic Chinese rap group CD Rev contains lyrics such as Get Those Foreign Agents Out of Town and is part of a slew of creative efforts by Beijing to discredit the anti-government protests. The video, overlaid with clips of protesters clashing with police and breaking into the Legislative Council, is being shared by Chinese state media on its overseas and domestic social media accounts. Because Hong Kong is a part of China, I have to deal with it. 
It's not the first time Beijing has used the arts or the popularity of rap music as a vehicle for propaganda. In March, the official news agency Xinhua released a rap video to celebrate the annual meeting of the rubber stamp parliament and top political advisory body. And CD Rev previously worked with the Communist Youth League to release This Is China, a party-approved song bursting with national pride. The Global Times newspaper says violence is on the ebb for the first time after weeks of what it called violent protests here. In an editorial, the state-owned tabloid said while a few violent and illegal activities took place during Sunday's rally, no serious attacks on the police happened. Jimmy Choi reports. The Global Times says the change in situation was down to mainland paramilitary police gathering in Shenzhen and the pressure faced by what caused the extreme opposition after they paralysed the airport and held an attack the paper's reporter Fu Guohao. But it warned that the extreme opposition has shown no sign of stopping. It said since the Civil Human Rights Front is planning another march on August the 31st, the coming two weeks is a critical time. It urged the pro-China and pro-Hong Kong forces to further step up the action, adding that the Hong Kong government should roll out measures that would ease public opinion. It said the country, meanwhile, should offer the government, the police and pro-establishment forces firm and effective support. It stressed that they should do their best to win the majority support and isolate the small group of violent diehards. A test commissioned by the DAB suggests that handrails on the mid-level escalators contain more germs than home toilet seats. The test showed the section connecting Cane Road and Mosque Street contained 1,900 bacterial units, bacterial units or CFU, per square metre, compared to 1,200 for a domestic toilet seat. The DAB's Samuel Mock urged the government to consider using a new device that kills germs with ultraviolet light, as well as stepping up the cleaning of escalators. We will liaise with the government department to request them to increase the frequency of the cleaning because at the moment, as I understand, the cleaning frequency of the escalator is about one time a week, which is insufficient no matter for the residents or for us. An economist says reforms announced by Beijing on the weekend to Shenzhen's legal, financial, medical and social sectors won't affect Hong Kong's status as an international finance centre. Andy Quan, the director of the ACE Centre for Business and Economic Research, says the SAR has many advantages over Shenzhen, such as good common law legal system and no capital controls. It's very difficult to build something as a financial center. Yes, you can build something like an international high-tech city, like uh, maybe even a Silicon Valley, Asia. But uh, it's very hard to build uh, something as a financial center in the sense that because China has a capital control and uh, the system itself really like uh, deviates a lot from Western countries, especially in terms of law and order. So uh, in this case, I don't think uh, people should worry about that uh, something will take over Hong Kong. Under the plan, Shenzhen will become a model for other mainland cities and play a key role in science and technology innovation in the Greater Bay Area. Donald Trump has warned Beijing that using violence or carrying out a Tiananmen Square-style crackdown in Hong Kong would make agreeing a Sino-US trade deal very hard. Mr Trump has previously said he wants Beijing to handle the matter humanely before discussing trade. RTHK's Washington correspondent Barry Wood said it's his strongest statement yet on the unrest here. The crackdown would harm the talks. It would be very hard to do a deal if they do violence. But you could then flip this and say, well, there's unlikely to be any deal before, say, the October 1 uh, anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. So 
I think the president is alarmed. If you look at the history of the tweets, going back uh, one week, he has been talking a lot about China and a lot about Hong Kong. He's worried. I think that the president who previously, as listeners know, he called the demonstrations even riots, has really changed his tune. And it puts him in line with other politicians here in Washington, particularly the Democrats. Meanwhile, President Trump has indicated his administration is unlikely to grant another temporary reprieve to the mainland technology giant Huawei, citing national security concerns. Huawei is uh, a company we may not do business with at all. Now, they have little sections of Huawei, like furniture and other things that we could do, but when you cut out sections, it gets very complicated. So at this moment, it looks much more like we're not going to do business. I don't want to do business at all, because it is a national security threat. In May, Mr. Trump directed his administration to ban Huawei from doing business with U.S. companies. But the Commerce Department subsequently gave the company a 90-day reprieve. On Friday, it was reported the grace period was likely to be extended as a gesture of good faith amid broader trade negotiations with China. The Iranian oil tanker seized by Gibraltar last month has left port and is heading east into the Mediterranean. It was originally seized on suspicion of transporting oil to Syria in violation of EU sanctions. The BBC's John McManus reports. That tanker, the Grace One, now renamed the Adrian Daria One, set sail heading east somewhere. We don't know exactly where, but we do know it's still got its uh, its cargo of oil. And an expert in the maritime shipping industry told me that it's not unusual for cargoes like that to change owners and change destinations as they travel around the world. What we do know is that that oil should not now be heading to Syria, where it was originally intended for, according to the Gibraltar authorities. Canada has accused the UK government of offloading its responsibilities after a Muslim convert was stripped of his British citizenship because he fought for the Islamic State group in Syria. Jack Letts had dual British and Canadian citizenship. Tobias Elwood is a former British Defence Minister. He says the situation needs a global solution. This is the big question that we all need to face. There needs to be some unified approach right across the international community. We came together to defeat Daesh on the battlefield. What now needs to be agreed is what is the process, possibly through the international criminal courts, of dealing with this, as I say, a new phenomenon of people that remain absolutely dangerous. Spain says a rescue ship stranded off the Italian island of Lampedusa can take the migrants on board to a Spanish port closer to Italy. The offer came after the charity Open Arms, which operates the ship, rejected an offer to take them to southern Spain, saying conditions on board were so bad the voyage would be too long. A group for people with albinism in Burundi says the body of a 15-year-old albino boy has been found in the northwest of the country. He'd been missing for a week. Here's the BBC's Mary Harper. The head of the Albinos Without Borders group, Kasim Kazungu, said the boy's body was found near a river. One of his arms and one of his legs had been cut off, as was his tongue. More than 20 Albinos are known to have been killed in Burundi since 2008, the last three years ago. The demand for Albino body parts is high in the region, especially Tanzania. People pay high prices for them as they're believed to bring love, luck and fortune. Financial news now and in currencies. The US dollar is trading at 106.33 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents, while the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 53 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,216, 477 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $51 billion. 
And now, with the latest sports news, here's Joanne Wong. Football, Wolverhampton will host Manchester United in the Premier League several hours from now. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side are looking to build on their 4-0 Open Day victory against Chelsea last week. But the Red Devils boss says he's expecting a tough game. You always go into any game positive with the right intention, thinking uh, you're going to win a game. Then, uh, of course, last two uh, visits there, it's, it's almost like a... I feel like I'm going home again. Been there so often lately. Uh, they were tough games, and they are. Wolverhampton are a hard team to break down. Meanwhile, Frank Lampard is still waiting for his first win as Chelsea boss. The club legend had a perfect start at Stamford Bridge as Mason Mount robbed Leicester's Wilfred and Didi to slot home the first goal inside 10 minutes. But Leicester bounced back and Didi made up for his error by heading home a second-half equaliser. Lampard says his team could do better. This is home for me, and, and I'm here to do a job. So I was very keen to to take the moment and enjoy it, and I, I really appreciate it. But then to, to try and win the game, which is going to be my focus here now. You know, I, I love the fact that this is my club. I played here so long, and more than anything, I want to do a good job. So I'm slightly disappointed tonight that we didn't finish the job, didn't get the win to send the fans home happy. But thank you to them for before, and we will keep working. In cricket, Australia hold the lead after two matches of the Ashes. But the dynamics of the series may have changed. After their star batsman Steve Smith missed the last day of the drawn second test at Lords with concussion. Here's the BBC's Eleanor Odroyd. A day full of drama ending under dark skies with the spinners trying to winkle out the last four batsmen and nine fielders round the bat. Australia finally finishing on 154 for six. Ben Stokes's unbeaten century today gave England the chance to go for the win, which seemed highly unlikely this morning. They were able to declare on 258 for eight. Jofra Archer made one of the most explosive Ashes debuts ever with three wickets in the second innings and a spell in the first, which may have put Steve Smith out of the third test starting on Thursday. He'll be assessed for concussion over the next few days, but the tight turnaround won't help him. So Australia hang on to save the match and stay 1-0 up, but England may have the psychological edge as they head to Leeds. To tennis, Daniel Mefedev has defeated David Goffin 7-6-6-4 to win the ATP Cincinnati Masters. The ninth-seeded Russian will now find himself ranked fifth. In the women's final, Madison Keys claimed the WTA Cincinnati crown after coming from a breakdown in both sets to defeat Svetlana Kuznetsova 7-5-7-6. The 2017 U.S. Open finalist will return to the top 10 in the world rankings with the U.S. Open just a week away. Finally, golf. Justin Thomas has captured his 10th career USPGA title, holding off fellow American Patrick Cantlay down the back nine to win the BMW Championship. The 2017 PGA Championship winner defeated Cantlay by three strokes and claimed a top spot in the USPGA playoff point standings entering next week's season-ending tour championship. And that's your look at sport. And that's the latest news from RTHK.
sing it now. No. 